Thank you for joining us this Monday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. And the title of our message is called, Is the Bible the Inspired Word of God? That's a question I ask today. Many, many people don't believe that. And the reason for that is because they discredit a lot of what's written in the Bible. The Old Testament, the New Testament, especially the Old Testament, they say it doesn't apply to us because we're not Jewish, and but it does apply to us today. The same as the New Testament. And I'm going to show you some things that Jesus affirmed from the Old Testament in the New Testament. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this Monday as we begin a new message, a message of hope a message of encouragement about your word, that it is the inspired word of God. It was breathed to men by the Holy Spirit from you, and they wrote it down. Lord, they didn't have the New Testament when they were talking about you. They were using the Old Testament, but they are also using their witness, their faith, their walk, their life experiences with you, Lord, as you were here. We thank you for Jesus taking the time to clarify in this word we're going to read today, how very important it is for us as Christians to understand the word of God, to believe the word of God, to trust the word of God today. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. And may you give me words and wisdom for today's podcast. We ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. So let's take a look at this. It says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture, the scripture cannot be broken. Now, I preached on Sunday about the scripture cannot be broken. You know, many, many people want to take the scripture and they want to break it. They want to say this didn't happen, that didn't happen, or it didn't happen that way. It could have happened this way. But I believe the word of God is inerrant. I believe it was given for us today. It's as relevant today as it was when it was written, both Old and New Testament. I think as Christians, we can learn a lot from the Old Testament. We can understand a Jewish perspective of the scriptures. Because when we look at the New Testament, we sometimes forget about the Jewishness of the scriptures, the culture, the traditions. Things did not change. Jesus came not to do away with the law, but he came to fulfill. And our scripture that we read is talking about this scripture will not be broken. But I want us to take a look at 2 Timothy Chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. We'll turn there. It says, verses 16, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. It's very important today that we realize that all scripture came from God. God's word will remain long after we're gone. 
God's word is still alive today as it was when it was being divinely given to the disciples or when it was written down the history and the traditions and the culture and the life, the lives that are mentioned in the Old Testament. Even in the New Testament, all the life experiences, people being healed, people being resurrected, people being redeemed. That's what it's all about. The Word of God inspires us to be redeemed. It inspires us to seek healing in and through His Word. It inspires us to have a personal relationship with God. And Lord, we want to thank you for that today, that the scripture cannot be broken. You know, we see in John 10.35, Jesus affirming the word of God. He says that the word of God cannot be broken. Here he was referring to the Old Testament scripture. under It was under attack by the Jews of his day. And many people of Jesus' day were attacking the scriptures, were attacking him. How much difference is it today? Many people want to take only bits and pieces of the scripture. What doesn't fit their lifestyle, their way of Christianity, or what they call Christianity, it's cast aside, it's rejected. Just like the chief cornerstone became the capstone, it was rejected. The builders rejected it. Jesus tells us he was rejected. You know, as human beings, we don't like it when someone rejects us. You know, but God was rejected in and through Jesus Christ. But yet through it all, he would die a terrible death on a cross. He would be buried in a tomb, and he would be resurrected on the third day, ascend into heaven and sit at the right hand of God the Father. He gives us the promise of a mansion or a house in heaven with him. We will praise him night and day. We will rejoice. We'll never grow bored. I long for that day, one day, that I will see my Jesus face to face. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one who saves me by his grace. I will take him by the hand as he leads me to the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. What an old time hymn, those words came to mind today. They're not in my notes, but the Lord brought them to mind. But think about it. Do we take bits and pieces? of the scripture and make it our own brand of Christianity? It's not about a denomination or a doctrine. It's about the word of God. That's what's important for us. We may not understand everything, but we need to make sure that we ask the Holy Spirit to give us guidance. Do I ever understand everything in the scriptures? Not necessarily, but I do ask the Holy Spirit to give me insight and guidance. And if I don't understand it, I ask other pastors. And you know, I match it back up to the scriptures. Like the pastor said one time when I was growing up, he said, test what I say against the scriptures. If it doesn't match, then it's not of God. 
There's so much being preached today that is not the Word of God. Wherever it comes from, there's so many different versions of the Bible, many, many translations. Some have become so loose in translation that it's hard to tell it from reading a, a, a secular book. The Word of God was not meant to be a secular book, even though it's the number one bestseller around the world. But think about it today. Do we reject the Word of God? Do we reject what we don't believe or what we don't understand? Have faith. Have faith in God today. Jesus declared four truths that are going to be found in the text that we were reading and we will read. These are to be true and reliable. Much of what is written in the Old Testament is relevant to us today as Christians. Like I said, the same is true for the New Testament. Now, Jesus makes mention in the New Testament scripture four biblical truths that come, biblical accounts that come from the Old Testament. The first account is the biblical account of creation. Many in Jesus' day considered it to be a myth, just a story, something passed down, or like an urban legend, something that's passed down, but there's no, no real truth to it. Even today, many people do not believe in the creation story. You know, we see about dinosaurs and all this and science and many, many people say this and that. The earth is this old and it's 6,000 years old or it's millions of years. You know, it doesn't matter. The matter is God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus makes a reference to this in about creation, the creation truth story. In Matthew chapter 9, verse four, 19, verse 4, I apologize. Matthew chapter 19, verse 4, Jesus says, Have you not read that he who made them, Adam and Eve, at the beginning made them male and female? He created the heavens and the earth. He created male, he created female. That's all. He didn't create any other kind of a uh, human being, only male and female. It's backed up by the scripture. The second thing we can look at is in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37 through 39. We see the story of the flood being mentioned by Jesus. Many in Jesus' day and even in today consider the biblical account of the flood as a mere fable or a myth. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 37 through 39, until the day that Noah entered the ark, until the flood came and took them away. Now, archaeology has proven that there was a great flood. There was a flood that covered the earth. There are rocks and shells. Even fossils are found on mountaintop plains. These are things that can't be explained by science. Or scientists have found archaeological things that are being found that, that shouldn't be where they are. And there's probably going to be more things be found. They're scattered in many places that scientists cannot explain how they got there. They have theories, but a theory doesn't hold water to the Word of God. 
So the biblical flood account happened, and we see that Jesus affirmed this, another affirmation of Jesus. So we have the creation story, now we have the flood. Thirdly, it is believed that the book of Daniel was written long after the time of Daniel. In the centuries following the events of Daniel's life, much of what was written written down has been fulfilled. Yet there are many even today who say these prophecies could not be genuine. They look for a reason, say, oh, it could be coincidence. That's the favorite word of some people. Oh, it's a coincidence. That's not true. We see here in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, Jesus saying Daniel was a prophet. He was not a historian, as some people say. Jesus was affirming that he was a prophet. So he was foretelling things that were going to happen, things that were going to be fulfilled. Many people look back in Revelations and Daniel as prophetic books. So it just only confirms what Jesus is saying in Matthew twenty four fifteen. Fourthly, we have the biblical account of Jonah. Jonah and the great fish, or we say Jonah and the whale. We really don't know what kind of fish it was, but we know it was a great fish. Now in Jesus' day, and even today, it's regarded as a fairy tale or a tall tale, an urban legend, as I mentioned earlier. It's a good story to read, but most likely they say it never happened. It's not possible. But in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, Jesus quotes this same account. He says, as Jonah was three days in the belly of a great fish, we see him affirming that this happened to Jonah. We see him affirming he was in the belly of a great fish, Jonah. We also see Jesus indicating his own death and resurrection here. Jesus only affirmed what we read in Scripture. They're real-life experiences. They're not fables or tall tales. Real-life intervention of God. God intervened in these situations. Like I mentioned in John chapter 10, verse 35, the Scripture cannot be broken. We can try to explain it away, but in the long term, it's still going to be the same. It was divinely and inspirationally given by God himself, spoken and affirmed by Jesus. Jesus was affirming the word. Therefore, it is trustworthy in all points. Like I said, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching us, for rebuking us, for correcting us, and for training in righteousness. It tells us how to live right. How to know God, repent, and be saved. So the Son of so the Son of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
the son, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I apologize. That's important for us to know, because without God and without his word, we're not going to be equipped for every good work. We can do good works. We can be a good person. We can help the poor. We can do this and do that. We can be a good person. But that doesn't earn us the way to heaven. That doesn't give us a free ride. Someone asked me one, recently, if someone was good, would God make an exception? But the word is true to its core. There are no exceptions. You must repent and believe. That's what the word is telling us today. It says the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible tells us to train up a child in the way he should go and he will not turn from it. We live in a world today when we can train our children. We can teach them the word of God. But as they grow up as teenagers, they go through these teenage years and life seems to steer them in a different course. I was a teenager once. I know what that's like. But it's a different world today. There's so much out there that is false. So much teaching that is leading our young people away. So much that's, that's contrary to the word of God. Is it teach, Are they being taught? They're being taught something that's false. They're being taught something that is, that is not of God. Or it's a watered-down version. And about rebuking. It's a word we don't use today much. We don't hear the word rebuke. Rebuke it in Jesus' name. When I was growing up, I used to hear that. But we don't do that. But I, I believe that we need to rebuke things in Jesus' name. As Christians, we don't need to accept it. We need to rebuke it. Jesus said, whatever you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. And that's what I'm claiming promises that Jesus said, if we, we follow his teaching, it will, we will have the power to rebuke. It says for correcting and training. Sometimes we go astray. Sometimes we're going to do things our way, and sometimes we need correcting. You've heard me mention that um, chastened, they say chastened, I was chastened by the Holy Spirit or chastened by God in the, in the Old Testament, and God gets our attention. Sometimes we go through things, you know, like I said, of our own hand. Sometimes we step out of the will of God and try to do it our way. Sometimes we need correcting. Sometimes we need training. God's not sitting up there dishing out justice, saying, I'm going to get this person today and that person. But he is a just God. His word is true. The word tells us here. We need the scripture in our life to teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us, to train us in righteousness, to show us the way to go. Like I said about the pastor, the pastor said, 
what I've preached today, you, you go back and you look in the Word of God. If it doesn't match up with it, then it's not of God. And you know, now every time I've done that, I could see he preached right from the Word. He didn't give a fancy sermon with all these words. He gave it like it was. Reality. The truth. He was training in righteousness. So, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's the key today. It's not works without faith is dead and, and faith without works. They go hand in hand. But you can't do one or the other. If you have faith, you're going to work for the kingdom of God. God has a call and a plan for each of our lives. How many of us miss that mark when we try to do things our way? And we wake up one day and say, oh, where did I go wrong? But we need to be equipped for every good work. God doesn't dish out evil. God doesn't dish out bad work. That comes from the devil. He wants us to do good works. There's charity to help the poor, to pray for people, to teach people, to disciple people, to equip people. All of it is there in the Word of God. So I want to remind us today, as I said, the Old Testament is important, but it's under attack. The New Testament church is under attack. What it believes, what's in the Word is being changed, subtly but slowly. It's so subtle that people don't even re realize it. What's being preached from our pulpits sometimes is more like the world than of God. Do we sense the moving of the Holy Spirit? You know, I often wonder when people come to church, do they come to church expecting to hear the pastor or to hear from God? The pastor can give a good sermon, and I'm not saying anything bad about pastors. You know, I have some of the best that I like to listen to. Personally, but you know, each time I listen, I listen for what God has for me. Because I believe every time, if you're preaching from the Word of God, God has something for each and every person that's there. We just have to be open. And we have to acknowledge God. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. As the title of the message I spoke about, is the Bible the inspired word of God? And the scripture tells us that the scripture cannot be broken. The world may pass away, but the word of God will endure forever. Jesus only affirmed the word of God. He affirmed the Old Testament on the pages of the New Testament as we see when Jesus was talking to the Jews and the law and the, those leaders of the law or learners of the law, the Pharisees. And he knew what was coming.
but he was taking a stand and making a point. He was affirming for you and I, even in 2022, he was affirming to us that all scripture is breathed of God, that it's useful for teaching us, for rebuking us, for correcting us, for training and directing us in righteousness so that we can be equipped to do good works for God. It's not all about us. It's not all about me. It's not all about this person, that person. It's all about God. Like I've said before, one day the eastern sky is going to crack open and the Lord's going to descend and take his church home. And it'll be too late. But today can be that day that you can repent. You can ask God forgiveness. If you've stepped away from the Lord, which it's, if you don't stay in the word and walking with the Lord, fellowshipping with believers, it's so easy in the world today to get so busy that we step away. I'm speaking to someone today, I know that. It's important that we get back to God. It's important that we get back to that first love as the scripture talks about. We think of the seven churches and the messages from the angel of the Lord as he was telling them. He was reminding them each one had something, something different. They were being praised for some things and they were being uh, held accountable for, for not doing others. But we need to get back to our first love. We need to rededicate our life to the Lord. You know, recently we had some people at church and they, there were 10 that accepted the Lord for the first time. And there were two of them that rededicated their life because they realized that they needed you. They realized that they needed to get back in fellowship with you. So if there's someone today that needs to get back to you, Lord, you are there standing like the prodigal son's father, waiting for them to come home. You're there each day at the edge of the field, looking off and waiting. So if someone has lost their way, Jesus is standing there with his arms stretched out wide. He's waiting. He's waiting for you. And Lord, we just want to thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for this podcast. We thank you for all those that listen. What a great opportunity it is to come each day when I'm able to do that, to give the message, a message of hope a message that's found in this Bible that is the inspired word of God. It is the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Praise his holy name. Amen, amen. So thank you for joining us on this Monday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. And we look forward to joining you on Tuesday with a new message of hope and encouragement. Thank you. God bless.
Pastor Doug Sullivan.